Hello and welcome to the second episode of Back to the Point. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Migs. And I'm Ian, and we come to you with a heavy heart. Wingles was traded. Yes. <laughs> Sadness. It is a sad thing. Uh... I was <clears throat> I personally was sad when I heard about it. I think you texted me and you said we should do a podcast on the Wingles trade. And I said, what? And I, Wingles was trading? I was like, what? <laughs> and, you know, I think the past week or two when there was, I think there was rumors about him being placed on waivers. And in my mind, I was like, why would you place Wingles on waivers? He's such a, like an effective fourth liner and, and he can yeah. do more than that too. Um, yeah. Well, we don't want to, we I, don't want to jump the gun because... Yeah. Uh, although we didn't super cover it in our last episode, um, we did mention it. But before all this, Matt Nieto was also waived, and um, we can we can jump into this one now. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of sad too because uh, Nieto he's a good player. He's fast. I remember um, back when he was at Boston College or Boston University. He's BU, yeah. Um, Someone will tell me I'm wrong. Let's hope you get that right, yeah. Yeah, I know. If I'm wrong, please retweet me. Um, Yeah, I I, I remember being really stoked for him because everyone was saying this guy's so fast and he was scoring on college, which was great. Um, But as uh, as we got him, he definitely had some good campaigns and was showing some promise, but it just never really panned out. Um, And... Yeah, it, it was kind of sad. Uh, you could see him slowly slipping away at the depth chart, and uh, I think this season he definitely got scratched a lot. And not only was he getting scratched, and some like rando was playing, so just like some super random player. It was uh, like young, skilled players who were knocking at the door. Um, yeah, Migs, I don't know what you have to say about this. I'll probably let you jump in before i go on in like a five hour rant um yeah i i know what you're saying i guess i have some things to say about nieto i think i know what you're saying when he came on the team and he had that promise and i I know you don't like the long beach native joke but i think when he got drafted uh it was cool that he was from california i think as sharks fans and maybe as california hockey fans in general uh, we kind of have this sense of we like hockey too, even though we're not from Canada or the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah. I think that's a sense that I've that's developed in me um, since I got really into the sport, kind of very quickly because it's hard not to when you get really into hockey. Uh, in my opinion, that was my experience at least, and so it was kind of cool to see a California Californian guy get drafted. Uh, by the Sharks, and I think that first year that he played, he came on the scene with Hurdle, and you know Hurdle was doing really well at the beginning of that thirteen fourteen season. He had that four goal game with the between the legs goal, which we all know is amazing. And uh, I think Matt Nieto was kind of quietly making a statement for himself that first season as well. Um, contributing well and I think in the back of my mind I was thinking like wow we have another prospect that's panning out pretty well and uh, 
because Nieto was drafted in 2011 and Hurdle was drafted the next year. So it was kind of see it was kind of cool to see both of those players working out fairly well for the team. Um and you know like you said he had some highs and lows. I think towards the end of his tenure with the team uh you could still see his speed and you could see him like it seemed like his favorite thing to do. Uh at just with, at least what just sticks in my my mind is him coming down uh, streaking down along one of the boards and then he just kind of gets a shot on net from an angle and then it just dies there. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I was about to say, and then he, as uh, I forget, like every single NBC announcer ever is like, and he button hooks. It's like the go-to <laughs> phrase for what Joe Thumb, Joe, Joe Jordan Thumb does. Except Matt Nieto never did that. He would just take a shot on yeah. that instead of pulling up and trying to, I mean, you know, that's not true. You probably yeah. do that sometimes, but that's just that's just what sticks in my mind, I think. And he, <laughs> what this last season or two, he got a lot of empty netters, which a lot of where a lot of his production came from, I think. Um, yeah, that. Speaking of that, I, I saw a, I think before probably like a month, maybe two months before he mm-hmm. got waived. Uh, I was texting my wife Megs and I, and we were in a heated discussion on the the value of Matt Nieto. Uh-huh. And uh, I happened to surface upon a video on YouTube that showed like all his goals from uh, last last season. year, not, yeah, not the current season, but uh, 2015, 2016. And uh, the he, I think he had ten goals, and the first three or four were straight empty nutters. Mm-hmm. And I was just like getting all heated. I was like, "See, this is exactly what he is. Like his stats are inflated, <laughs> and he just like he's fast, and that's it. And he happens to be in the right place at the right time." And then the next like three or four goals were like, "Oh, those are." But not only that, good. I think I pointed out that that I think that was more true recently. But in his earlier seasons, he had some empty netters, but he had some some good like. No, yeah, that's goals. right. What you were saying was that I was saying that he was like a one-hit wonder last year. Uh-huh. And then you're like, Ian, look at the history. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I looked and he had like the same amount of points. for like He's like, he was very consistently about a 20-point guy. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere between 10 and 20. Um, well, no, I mean, what I, was, I think what I was saying is that his first, his first season or two, he did really well in 13, 14, 14, 15. Um, yeah, see, that's the thing. So, okay, we got some good background on it, and I think what you just said really highlights mm-hmm. the issue with why he was getting scratched. Is he was a he had really good speed, um, and he was defensively responsible, so he was getting ice time on the on the penalty kill, and he was doing well. Speed on the penalty kill is really valuable. Um, uh, just for many different reasons, but. Uh, an obvious one is if you're guarding the point as the high forward, if you get a block into your legs, um, into your shin guards, and from the point, you can rip it. Especially with speed, you can really just wheel up the ice and get a really good shorthanded chance. Mm-hmm. Um, which I believe he had some. But he, like you were saying about his stats, he never really improved. Yeah. That was that was the issue. He kind of stayed where he was, and that was it. Um, and even regressed. And that was, yeah. Uh, numbers wise, I, w- I won't. I won't say no. So yeah. th- I was just looking at his numbers here: thirteen, fourteen, 
games played, 66, and he had 10 goals and 14 assists. The next season, 14-15, he had 72 games played, same amount of goals, 10 goals, and he had 17 assists. Um, last Obviously, season, yeah, relative he relative to the games played. What's that? Relative games played, he has a uh, right. So he got a decrease in stats. Those are some maybe some injuries, some some healthy scratching maybe. Uh, last season, he had 67 games played, eight goals, nine assists, and this season. As you recall, he was scratched a lot. Only 16 games played with the Sharks and only two assists, no goals. Only 16? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was he was coming. always kind of on it the... It was coming, you know. Yeah, he was always kind of on the bubble. Um, we're, a little, we're a little waxing nostalgic right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a lot of crap. He did. Definitely from the... Not from necessarily like the mainstream media who are reporting like the CSN reporters because they're they're in their day in and day out and they're not gonna uh shovel dirt on a guy who's who they're gonna talk to tomorrow but definitely fans on like the internet internet fans um <laughs> definitely got a narrative going and you know he provided value but they yeah could never let go of the fact that they always said Long Beach native well I mean native. I think people fought, fell on one side of the horse, fell off of one side of the horse or the other. Like I think some people maybe had to come up with this narrative against him and others were citing his value and shot generation or something like that. But yeah, like well, I was saying, it seemed side. like when you saw him play, he would have that speed, but he didn't really have yeah. the, the strength to kind of hold on to the puck very well. He would yeah, get he knocked off the got... puck a lot, you know? He literally got nowhere fast. Yeah. Like, he would get into the zone fast and then just kind of stay there. Um, and But you know what? As, as much as that's the, been the case and he regressed or he never really got better, I mean, he was – it was still, like, I still wish him the best. Like, I, I hope he has totally. a good career and everything, yeah. you know? And I, I think that uh, – I think a different system might suit him. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado of all teams probably is pretty fitting with this style. Of yeah, I definitely like to use to use more like soccer terms. I definitely think he's more more suited to a more like counter attacking style mm-hmm. instead of like a heavy possession style. Um, I don't know how big he is, but uh, yeah, he's five eleven one ninety, which confirms what I was about to say unfounded. But now I have stats saying that um he he definitely wasn't a big body and could not protect the puck as well as some other players on the team right um so i think i think colorado's system definitely will fit him better uh and i think uh, all of the coaches were saying the same thing and uh, i think pretty sure sh- like before i even <clears throat> listened to anything uh i saw that we waved matt nieto and immediately i just knew he's a good hockey player uh, good enough to be in the NHL. He deserves to be on an NHL team, but just not ours right now. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was more of uh, Doug Wilson just kind of doing him a solid as a player. Right. He's still young. He's still got games to play. So I thought that was very uh, uh, maybe kind isn't the right word, but it was it was a it was a, a nice thing to do for Doug Wilson to get him going. And Colorado was the very first team in order. Uh, in the order to be able to claim someone off waivers, and they picked him up immediately. So, yeah, 
he was he was he was not going to drop. So good for him, and wish him all the best. Like I said, yeah. Uh, the Sharks recently played him when they played Colorado like, right. twice in a row. It was pretty funny. They were every face off he was uh, lining up with someone like Melker or someone else, and they were they were chatting back and forth. And Matt and you know, always had a smile. So yeah, uh, they uh, all the players tweeted. Um, tweeted at Nieto just saying like, oh, you know, miss you, great teammate, like, good luck in Ottawa. Nope, not Ottawa. In uh, Colorado. <laughs> You're jumping ahead. Wrong player. Jumping ahead. My yeah. bad, my bad. Um, so. One last thing I want to add about Nieto, which is kind of more philosophical and ultimately meaningless, but um, well, I think it's interesting to think about. Are you about. saying that we don't have influence over the no, Sharks? No, I think it's interesting. Think? I think it's an interesting thing to think about, just like thinking about <laughs> Matt Nieto's time with the team. So he came in in 2013, 2014. This is the 2016, 2017 season, obviously. But I think he kind of was on the team in this kind of juncture point between elation, heartbreak, and being in the pits with the team, and then going back to elation. So I guess what I mean with that was with 2013, 14, that was like a great like regular season. We had Tomas Hurdle. Matt Nieto seemed like he had some promise too. We had like pretty high hopes going into the playoffs. We go up 3-0 on the Kings, and then we know what happens after that. Um, we don't talk about that. So that was really terrible. The next season, not a, good, not a very good season. We don't make the playoffs for the first time in like a decade. So more of the pits. And then last season, of course, we have an okay season. Uh, pretty good. Uh, actually, you know, it, it was average poor first half pretty darn good second half going to the playoffs and we know it happened there as well and that was excellent and greatest time in sharks sharks history um you and i got to go to the first stanley cup final game uh at home that was an amazing experience just kind of an amazing time for the team so i think him being a shark he's kind of he went through some he was pretty much the lowest point of the team and the highest point of the team in his tenure with the team. Um, I just think that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Um, and that, will that serve him well in experience moving forward as a, as a player in kind of what he's been through? I guess you could argue yeah, that, it, that, it, that think, it does. Yeah, I think that definitely him being a younger guy at Colorado, because they have, they have some killer vets on that team like Boschman mm. that guy's a yeah he's great he he won a cup at least one um and he's a veteran guy giving them experience and how to how to play the game long term and get things going and I think coming from the other side of the age group having someone with similar experience of what it's like to be on the same team and have such highs and lows and how that can be affected. I think that's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, but Migs, I am sad. It's sad. It's, it's, I'm a very nostalgic kind of, I like the players of the team. That's like a big thing. So when you see players that you've been familiar with for a long time go, it's, it's pretty sad. Yeah. I'm sad he's leaving. Um, but let's be real. He did not have much an effect on this team at all this season. Yeah. I am sad about Wingles being traded. 
more so related to the effects on the team is what you're saying i also just like them more <laughs> can i say that i think yeah, I, can. I, yeah I suppose so like can we just talk about this hurdle what will hurdle do <laughs> yeah he lost his literal best friend oh that is so sad that's so sad they were such buddies he oh my gosh yes and i do feel like they have like a whole like, like shark bite a, type episode or something like that where it's just like their friendship <laughs> yeah it was like we're friends you wouldn't <laughs> expect it and here's why <laughs> <laughs> let's have a feature on this yeah yeah he was something it was like, like that, yeah it was um very it was very sad uh and i feel like it will have an effect on his i don't know oh you're really he has, up he has about such this. a well i was just trying to formulate it it's like he has such a young heart hurdle yeah I don't want anything to affect his play. Right, he has so, such an innocence about him, right? He's so he's he's such a sweet little man. He brings such a joy to like playing hockey, watching hockey. It's just you're so glad to have Tomas Hurdle on the team just because of the character and the personality he is, you know. Yeah. And it's like Tom yeah, Greenville also... is like such a great friend. I don't, I don't know mentor figure, but they're just buddies. Just like it's such a great. Thing to see well, Wiggles, you know? yeah Wiggles was a gamer mm-hmm. you know um let's look this up uh yeah you know Wiggles Wiggles was a solid guy and he came up with the sharks so that was a that's a nice thing yeah um and I don't know what happened as far as how he made that much money you know, like how did Wingles start? You know, we would still have Wingles on the team if he did not make two point four million. Yeah, I think it. I think he earned that money though. I think what he brought to the team. I think he, he was a decent offensive contributor at the time that he probably signed that contract. Yeah, but for a while he spent it on like Thornton's wing, right? You know, maybe when he first. For a it seems of like time. everybody who. Yeah, makes the roster think, is going to go through on Thornton's wing. At I think some I think uh, kind of like right now, Timo Meyer is going through his little slump. Right, he came in and he was doing really well. He had some chances. He got his goal and he had a few points. And now he's been with the team for you know like twenty, thirty games ish, maybe around that. Um, I feel like right when they start to hit that wall, I feel like they're like now go play with Thornton <laughs> and just give you some extra points, but. Yeah, I think it's sad. Um, sad to see him. He was definitely a, a loved, a loved shark. Yeah, it was good to hear that he was very. Um, uh, I don't know the right way to put it. He said he was kind of like suspecting it, just like he could see it coming, given how the sharks were trying to get younger and the amount of depth we had. Uh, that was pretty, pretty cool to hear. Like, you never wanted a guy to be blindsided, so that was good. Um, but as far as like team goes, I definitely think we could use him as a player. Yeah. Because like getting getting into the stats, like he he could provide some sort of scoring. He definitely isn't the most uh, consistent, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, so he came up in his first NH- first full NHL season. He played in 2010, 2011, five points. Or five games five played, games. zero points. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11, 12, nine points, 33 games. Um, and then 42 games. That was thirteen. Keep in points, mind that's that the lockout short in season season. Yeah, that was the half so that season. was like the full half season. Yeah, and then so full first full year, uh, seventy seven games, thirty eight points, sixteen goals. So that's like pretty good. If you think about it, his first full season was comparable to Matt Nieto's first full season. Yeah, but he definitely brings a physical edge, and he was a hundred and ten percent playing every single game. Mm-hmm which was really nice. Um, I definitely really liked that. So, um, yeah, so that's why I kind of miss it. I think that's probably why he got that money because, you know, points-wise, he's kind of nearly the same as um, Nieto. Uh, Nieto's a center. No, no, not Nieto. Uh, Wingles is a center, so he'll probably make a little bit more money, but, like, Nieto got like nine hundred thousand dollars this past season. Is like... Wingles a center though? I mean, I think he he's plays. played. He is a center, but I think he's played on the wing a lot through a lot of yeah, games. Yeah, well, like literally all of the Sharks forwards are centers almost. Hmm. Our center depth is ridiculous. Uh, I can't tell right off the top of my head. I believe he's a center. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, that's what he's designated he... as. Yeah. Oh no no no! It says right wing, right wing, left wing. Well, yeah, I don't what, really know why he gets. That's he gets like it's a center here on the page million, that I'm on. He gets like one point five million more than Nieto. You know, I I wouldn't let let up on kind of what you're saying. I think if you, I think going on from what you were saying, that first full season in 2013-2014, he had 16 goals and 22 assists. And the next season was comparable at 15 goals and 21 assists. And I think during that time, I think there was talk of him starting kind of to break out and emerge with the talent that he has. Um, But I think he has that potential for that scoring touch and that ability to contribute still. I think maybe he might have been a victim of circumstance of roster changes and being cycled Mm -hmm. up and down through lines. If you think about a player that you could shuffle around and that he'll be dependable and he'll like you said he'll give 110 percent effort and work hard wingles was that guy and he was that utility guy that the that the team would kind of place in different places and he played that role exceptionally well he understood that and he just did a good job working for the team i think you know if you want to see more offense out of him if they had more consistently placed him in a certain role where he could thrive better, he he might have seen better production in the last couple seasons and not seen that drop off. But such as it was, they chose to utilize him differently, and hopefully, where he goes to, he can see a greater measure of success. Um, but yeah, I definitely liked him too. And like you're saying, you could always depend on the effort that he was going to give, delivering hits, and not just like being a bruiser. He would like just be physical and the goals that he got was just like, he was working hard, you know? Yeah. I think the element of the game that he brought just being the guy that really can get a game going. Like he was the guy that 
the game was kind of lulling a little bit, he would come out and the fourth line would have an intense shift and lay a couple hits and wake everyone up. He did that all the time. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's interesting talking about the fourth line now, and that is probably the area where we've had the biggest change for the Sharks recently, third and fourth lines. Um, ultimately, Tommy Wingles was moved so that we could bring Tomas, <clears throat> Tomas Hurdle back on off of long-term injured reserve. Um, off of long-term injured reserve and into the lineup again. I'm sorry if you can hear some... Yeah, my dog is uh, having a little too much fun. She's a little bone that makes a ton of noise, and I'm sorry, listeners. But she's really cute, so it makes it worth it for me. Um... Yeah, so that's yeah, like the the roster turnover we have on the on the fourth, third and fourth line, um, Wingle Hurdle being out, but then the people we have filling in um, are like legitimate players. So, and that's that's the hard part is that everyone everyone on the Sharks now are like good good players like I, I can't point to anyone and say that they are a bad player in the role that they're doing mm-hmm. right so I think uh, you know as good as our roster was last season with the depth down the third and fourth lines and I think that contributed a lot to our success in the playoffs it's kind of amazing to see how much turnover we've seen even this season with a lot of the young players coming up. And if you could, you know, go back to the off season, we don't have Zubris anymore. We don't have Spalling anymore. And those guys are utilized a lot in the playoffs. And now we don't have Wingles. We don't have Nieto. That's four players that cycled up and down that third, those third and fourth lines. Yeah. Um, Playoff Wingles. I will miss. Yeah. Like imagine the King series without Wingles. Not because he's scoring, but because he hates the Kings. <laughs> and he hates the Kings, and then, like, when they... The Kings are so physical, and those games get so chippy because we play them so much in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They're our rival, and then also we just hate them because of the fact that we hit them in the playoffs so much. And they play such an intense physical game. Missing a player like Wingles... I think might hurt us potentially mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, because the people that we have coming up like LeBanc, he's kind of on the third line right now. I think that's where he'll be around the rest of the season unless he gets into a big scoring groove. He's not a big guy. He can't throw it around. Uh, I remember Bufflin, I think maybe Bufflin hit Meyer or something like that. But uh, yeah, he's been treated to a couple um, man handlings this season. He's just not a big guy, and that's okay because that's not his game. But then, like, the people we have filling in, uh, I have hope for. Um, obviously, Michael Haley, can. that's what he does. And he's not necessarily a scoring guy at all by any means. But he definitely can play the same type of game as Wingles, be defensively responsible. He may not put up as many offensive points as Wingles, but... I'm comfortable with Michael Haley in the lineup any day. 
Um, I think with Wingles leaving, um, good time to talk about the return we got. We got a 2017 seventh rounder. Um, a draft pick is a draft pick. The Sharks have some history with late round draft picks. It's true. Uh, when they get to be that low, um, those are project picks, and those majority of the time will not turn out. But a pick is still something. So okay, definitely that's fine. And then we got two um, two career AHLers. We got one career AHL or for sure. He's thirty one. Um, I'm trying to pull up his name, uh, Zach Stortini. I think he previously played in the NHL. Like he he has played in the NHL for sure. Right. A couple games, but he's he's notably a, an AHL player. Yeah, for the fa- past uh, one, two, three, four, five. Off the yeah past four or five seasons, he's been playing for an AHL team. Um, I think he played. He was drafted by the Oilers, and I think in the 06, I don't know. He's 31, and he plays in the AHL, and he's a career AHLer, which is fine. I think as we continue to pull up so many AHL players from our roster, I think having someone like this, I don't know much about him, but having some older guys on the team, just like it is on the NHL team, I think could be proven uh, beneficial. To our prospects. Um, yeah, I mean he doesn't he doesn't make any money, right? It's six hundred thousand dollars, not a big deal against our cap. He doesn't uh, he doesn't make any money. He doesn't make any man. I wish I made that much money. <laughs> Talk about sports, put everything back into reality, man. Oh my gosh, right? He makes zero dollars. No, uh, that would be sweet if we made that much money he relative needs to, to other people. As far as the the NHL goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a big guy, so. Six four two thirty. Wow. Yeah. That I think hurt. both of the guys we got were pr- are pretty yeah. hefty big guys. You know. The other person we got was Buddy Robinson, who makes a little bit more. And I think a lot of times when I'm trying to evaluate people, uh, like younger players who aren't in the NHL yet, I think sometimes I can use their cap hit and their salary as kind of like a guide for how much I expect them to make. So. Um, the closer they get to a million dollars on their entry level contract, the better I think they are. However, this guy is six five two thirty six. Wow, quite large. Yeah, although he went undrafted, so I'm sure there was a knock against his game after coming out of uh, the NCAA when he got drafted by the um, Ottawa Senators, and then he, yeah, just looking at his stats, um, played a total of. Woo. Seven NHL games. Okay. And has two points. Uh, he only made it to the NHL in the last season, and he made it for three games, spent 62 games in the Ottawa AHL affiliate, 23 points. Um, similar numbers this year, except for it's only been half season. He has 12 points in 33 games, and he will be spending the season with the Barracuda for sure. Especially given how much tightness we have. But uh, this seems to be... I'm not excited about it, but it was a foregone conclusion that someone had to be moved to make 
room for Hurdle coming back. Off IR, Hurdle yeah. coming back. Yeah. I mean, even this this was just we needed to make a trade. Um, maybe they wanted to make – maybe Ottawa wanted to make some uh, space in their depth chart and their AHL affiliate as they get some draft picks coming in. Um, maybe we're just getting some big bodies to fill up that tank for the uh, HL team. Who knows? But, uh, I mean, it kind of is highlighted a little bit further – uh, we had a even to move Wingles. We had to retain about thirty. We had to retain thirty percent of his salary. Yeah. So we couldn't even clear the whole thing. So, you know. I think whatever. I think the return that we got is. You know, I think Doug Wilson. He had his he had his reasons and. Yeah. But I think the, I'm not doubting Doug Wilson at all. I definitely know what you mean by the loss of Tommy Wingles. I think I'm a it's yet to be determined how how that'll impact our. Yeah. potential playoff abilities against grittier, yeah. heavier teams and stuff. I think I definitely could see or feel feel his absence during those times, but hopefully other yeah. players will kind of step up, whether it's Haley, um, Meyer kind of getting comfortable with playing more physically, but also yeah. maybe starting to get his skill going and going as well. Meyer Meyer is getting he's a little physical. I like him. Yeah. He just he, he just is he just like doesn't know what to do yet, you yes, know. Like he knows correct. where he needs to be, but when you watch him, he just like isn't doing it quite right. He and this is me. He makes being, desperate like, attempts, random. is what I see. He makes. Yeah. He will take a. He'll go for the shot, which you know it's good for going for the shot, but it's not going to happen just because he's not in a good position and. Yeah, it's and that's a all desperate I mean swing around. I see that a lot. That's all I mean to say. Yeah, he. Honestly, he's got good board play, which I think is huge, especially for this team. His body, he's a big guy. Um, he's got some weight. He's got some size. And he can he can use his weight effectively, which I enjoy. Um, the thing that lets him down is honestly his shot selection. His shot selection is poor, and that kind of hurts his chances. But I think as we've kind of cleared the way with Tommy Wingles, the people... I think there's now more room for people to step up because Haley does not play every game. Um, people, like, I'm just going to talk. I I am a firm fan. I was going to say believer. That's not right, but I really like Ryan Carpenter. <laughs> Already, wow. Yeah, I don't know why I'm such a fan, but he's a big guy. He, I mean, I'm keep on pointing that as of like that's like huge thing. No, his neck looks yoked. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, <laughs> but it looks like he's just like this monster. This is so thing. relevant. It is crazy relevant. He's six foot. You just know who also is very muscular? Tommy Wingles, but we lost him. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. He was well balanced. I, feel like, I should say that yeah, sounds strange. That's what I'm saying. I feel like <laughs> but... Ryan Carpenter is gonna stop. Well balanced. <laughs> what? He was. Listen. No, explain yourself. Well, as you know, he was attractive. There's that. I'm in physical therapy but school. He had a wife. So yeah. I pay attention sometimes true. to. Did he skip anatomy? Right the way people move, the way people are proportioned. I'll look at that. I'll, I'll notice things like that. You know, okay. Tommy Wingles looked like an athletic person. Granted, they are NHL players, but I, I think mean, there's some NHL players. Come on, they I think there's <laughs> some NHL like players that are less athletically built built like melker carlson do you look at him and you're like wow 
What a specimen. Dude, wait, wait until you see him out of his pads. There's a picture where like him and Joel Ward and some other guys were like at a, con- a Drake concert or something like that on, on Joel Ward's Instagram or Twitter. He's ripped. Who are you talking about, Carlson? <laughs> He's just not as big. Yeah. Oh, He's just I not know, as but he, he just doesn't seem as imposing. Yeah. It's all know? relative. We don't need to talk about this anymore. It, it, but I like talking about it. I think it's no. <laughs> no, I think I, I think it does have to yeah. do with their kind of ability to use their body and kind of throw themselves around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I will. I will caveat what I was saying about Carlson. He definitely gets uh, abused a little bit in the boards. He needs some, given given his role. Yeah. He he plays kind of like a heavy hitting fourth guy, fourth line guy, or third line depending where he's. Uh, deployed. I disagree. He's got a little feist. Yes, but I think Carlson is. I think he's also. Yeah, a good, he's not heavy hitting. He's a good he utility is, a, player, but I think that he mm-hmm. contributes well different places in the lineup, and I think he does well when he's on the top line. I think he I had mean, a, anyone will do well these last few games. Which I know we're going to talk about in another podcast. I think he did yeah. well, kind of being slotted into the top lines. Um, yeah. So yeah, I disagree. I don't think he's a heavy hitting player. I don't think he. I, I yeah, I take back what I said. He's not a heavy hitting player, but he takes some abuse sometimes. Kind of, but I don't think he's. Yeah. Uh, what I was saying about his build, I don't think he's small necessarily, but he's not like. Wow, he's gonna. Yeah, like I know. I know what you're saying. I'm and, just teasing you. Yeah. 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 But. I'm going to go back to Ryan Carpenter because okay. I like him. Sorry for my weird tangent. <laughs> it's okay. It was weird, but I'll accept it. Um, I feel like I feel like Ryan Carpenter is a good candidate to fill in for Tommy Wingles. Given the very limited... Sample size? Sample size that we've seen, he does have... Um, he does have four points in his last five games. And he's only played like seven times but, the yeah, whole season. He's done very well these last few games. He's done very well. He's defensively responsible. He's kind of a bigger guy. Like he's not right. okay. He's six he's six foot two hundred, which isn't big, but the way he plays is a little bit more physical because he is a fourth line guy. Whereas Melker is maybe a little bit more like tweener. Higher skill. He can play yeah. up or down. Yeah. Uh so I've been watching Carpenter recently and he, he plays smart and I like it. And I really like Carpenter. I like him on the fourth line. Barclay Gaudreau. Finally back from the AHL. Maybe for <laughs> After like a long game. absence from the NHL. Yeah, right. it's kind of kind of weird. And he's... And we were talking... Uh, I think we briefly talked about it. But uh, we were kind of worrying about... Why was Barclay Gaudreau down for so long? Right. And... Uh, I don't know. He's only 23. He only makes $600,000, but he has 39 games remaining until he's eligible to be exposed in the expansion draft. Mm -hmm. We are at 50 games played or nearabouts. So as long as he gets scratched like once, he could play the whole season and not have to be protected in the expansion draft, which we'll continue to talk about as we lead up to that and the kind of um, strategery that goes on with that but I honestly think that that could be part of the reason why he wasn't getting as much playing time because he played like a full season yeah keep in mind he that that like was a... under Todd McClellan's uh, yeah you tenure. know what I always forget about that too like some of the people who are getting time 
they yeah. got pulled up early. I don't. I think I think you look at it multiple yeah. ways. Yeah, I think maybe that Todd McClellan favored him a bit more. Maybe Peter DeBoer doesn't see yeah. the same talent in him. Mm-hmm. I think also that there's that expansion draft protection that you might be alluding to, and I think there's also the argument that they wanted to place him in the NHL to kind of season him more, help him to get more of that experience, especially being a leader on that team. But I remember yeah. when Barkley Goudreau came into the league, I think I remember seeing him that preseason before his first season where he played a lot. And I think I liked the way that he was playing because I think he did well that preseason. Yeah. And then he contributed a little bit um, for however 70-something NHL games he's played. But who knows? I, I, I think the jury's still out on Barkley Goudreau. We'll kind of see yeah. what happens. But um, uh, I like I like his play yeah. so far. Carpenter. Like, the thing is, is he had that whole season. He knows what to do. Right. He's right? got that he experience. He's got the experience. He knows. He doesn't not know what he needs to do, and he's feeling feeling out the NHL, like he knows what he needs to do. Yeah. Carpenter. Carpenter the jury's still out on him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for talking over you or under you, but yeah, uh, I am so one upset game. with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had one game played last season, and uh, he's younger for sure. Actually, that's a lie. Yeah, Ryan I think he's Carpenter probably younger is... than Goudreau, but I'm not nope. sure. Nope, <laughs> Ryan Carpenter is 26. Is he really? Barkley Goudreau is 23. Yep. Oh wow, I did not realize he's so he seems yeah. a lot younger. Hmm. Right, like whenever you look at these players, I don't know, man. Well, one last comment on LeBanc because I didn't really give my two cents on him. I think I see what mm-hmm. you mean by him being potentially knocked around by his stature. But what I've seen with him so far, just the way he I scored. I mean, the kid is 20. Yeah. Right? I'm not worried about that. He'll have one good off season with some like NHL trainers and he'll come back with the. But what I'm saying games. is that I, despite that, I think the way that he plays, he's got like, I think a big asset that he has is having like a really good quick release with his shot. And I think he plays oh, with yes. a level of intensity that helps him. That's going to help mm-hmm. him kind of with eluding checks and things like that. That's what mm-hmm. I see so far. But again, I guess we could say the jury's out on him as well. To oh, some extent. I mean, he's, he's, he's good. He's earned himself a contract if he was up for it one. Yeah. yeah, totally. But let's, let's not forget. Let's learn the lesson from Matt Nieto, who we discussed earlier in the podcast, you know, yeah. It's going to take two or three seasons with these players sometimes to kind of see consistency versus they started off well or they had a good middling season. And I think you still, you have, you have to put in the time to really kind of see how that, how that turns out. And um, I'm hoping it's all positive with all these players that we're discussing that are, that are still on the team because you know, at those trades and that putting Nieto on waivers was made to make room for these young players and, it's kind no, of ushering in a new generation. Nieto, what? I don't think Nieto is placed on waivers because Nieto was a young guy. I think Nieto was placed on waivers not to make room for. I'm so sorry. I thought you were talking about making room for a hurdle. No, I'm talking no, about Nieto making. Was, he got his shot and it just kind of. Yeah, I'm out. saying it's making room for the yeah. next generation mm-hmm. and. Yeah. yeah. Keeping, keeping the theme with the third and fourth line, I think. We'll kind of end up with this, maybe a teeny bit after that. But um, what is your ideal fourth line, given the people we have in the AHL and the NHL? Oh, I have to think across about both this. rosters because this is this is the crux of this whole conversation of 
why we had to move Wingles to bring up Hurdle. Because uh, I'm going to have a follow-up question for you as well. Right? And all this rotation we have on the fourth line, what's your ideal fourth line? Uh, just name three players. Um, the Yeah. I think... center, yeah, name a center as well. But you don't have to worry about right wing or left wing specific, just center and two wings. I think ultimately right now, and this is going to be in flux in my mind, but I think right now, Tierney at the center position. For fourth line. What's that? For fourth line. Yeah. Um, is Hurdle healthy or not in your mind right now? Hurdle healthy. Okay. Uh so but I kind of go back Chris and forth Tierney. on where Hurdle will be between the well, first line I think or it's, the third okay. line. Well, Hurdle's healthy, Chris Tierney, fourth line center. Okay, fourth line center, right Chris Tierney, and then Carlson on the wing. And really that other spot just can rotate. <laughs> you know, like Haley, maybe name, some name games. Maybe okay, put... you have three centers on that line. What's that? Carlson, Haley, and Tierney. I just are think all I centers. think I think T- Carlson and Tierney have some good chemistry that I've seen. Carlson and Tierney, and I think they've played together for a while, just like the past okay. couple seasons and such. And kind of along with what you were saying, with what Haley brings and kind of that intensity and physicality, I think that might be an asset on the fourth line. And he's not completely devoid of skill, I would say. Um, he's got some speed yeah. in his own right. So, okay. So the, who's on the third line? Okay, you're just same... gonna go through all the lines now. No, no. I just want to go. <laughs> I want to go bottom six. So you. So, along with that line of thinking, Tierney. if Tierney's on the fourth line, then I would probably put Hurdle on the third line, at third center. Line center, yeah. And Ward. I think Hurdle and Ward would play well together. Yeah. Good, both big physical bodies that can protect the puck well. Yeah. And then, ooh, this is tough. Maybe and this is why it's so hard, just because the rotation of these young players and who's going to be playing. So I'm going to say, oh Bank. gosh, Don, we, I feel like we have so many players that we don't know what to do with still. Meyer. Yeah. Oh, I feel like, I'm going to say Bodker that... right now. For third. Okay. Again, okay. it's hard that you're asking would... this question now because I think that yeah. we have a lot of like a plethora of forwards still, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's hard to know exactly how things are going to fit the best. I will say really quickly that I really liked Marlowe playing with um, Kachur and Bodker, I think it was, last night yep. uh, versus the Jets. Line. Just because I like that just like infusion of speed and skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is in flex, so. Yeah, yeah, I think my, we can end with this. And it, sorry for the noise. On my side of the recording, everyone, listeners, I'm at fault for living in downtown. <laughs> there is noise all the time, and my dog is annoying sometimes. So. 
She's Sorry cute though, right? So it makes sense. She's very cute. Maybe we'll post a picture of her on the. I do. Uh, you are obsessed. I am. It's okay. Maybe we won't then. Uh, okay, so my bottom six would be going from the fourth lineup. Given all this roster movement, I think it definitely does lead itself to a more youthful movement. And keeping with that theme, I think DeBoer is kind of going for that. Youthful players who he can trust. Okay. So um, we moved Wingles, so I think inherently we'll have someone who will have a little bit less experience getting more playing time. Okay. I think that's fair. Same with Nieto. He's gone, right? Those were the two scratches in and out, right? Either Nieto and Haley were scratched or Nieto and Wingles were scratched or Wingles and Haley were scratched, right? right? That was like almost two given scratches every game. So that being said, I think... Okay, now I have to think of my first line. So I think if Hurdle comes back, I am not... I, I would say it's 50-50 if he goes and becomes third-line center long-term. Okay. I think he plays so well, and he's skilled enough, that I think he would possibly play on the top line with Pavelski, Jumbo, and Hurdle. The second line would be... You mean... <laughs> you said his name <laughs> on the top line already. It just made it sound like you were having a... F- a four-player oh, yeah. first line with <laughs> with a clone yeah, of himself. The, <laughs> and on the second line, I would have uh, Couture centering with um, Bodker and Marlowe. I think he got a lot of speed and a lot of thought on that. So bringing us to the third line, I would keep Tierney on that third line center. I think that's where he is. He's earned that spot, and I think that's where he needs to be to grow, too. Okay. That's in his little... That, I think that's in a reach position for him, where he can do well but also gives him enough playing time to get where he needs to go mm-hmm. um, him and Ward and LeBanc I think have been playing well and then that means on the fourth line I would put this is hard now right I would put Carlson and you know I like Carpenter so I would put Carpenter in there at what positions Carpenter would center Okay. No. I think the center could switch. <clears throat> uh, maybe Carlson because he has more playing experience right now. Um, but they're all, they're both centers. And then I think the last forward position could right now be Barclay Goodrows. But just given the amount of playing time he's been getting, I don't feel like, like he's only had one game. I don't feel like he's up for good for a while. Or maybe he is now that we've moved Wingles. And Nieto, so I'll go with Goudreau on that bottom as well. And so I probably left out someone else. I think. Did you leave out LeBanc? Donskoy. Where's Donskoy? Uh, you see? Oh my gosh. We have so many. These Donskoy, problems. I think you left out. I take back everything I said. I think you left out Meyer, and I think you might have left out. I LeBanc. did leave out Meyer. Did you leave out? LeBanc? No, I said LeBanc on the third line. Oh my gosh, these problems okay. we have. See, that's what I'm saying. Good problems. To so have. then that means that Carpenter. That means that Carpenter won't get playing time and Gaudreau won't get playing time because Timo Meyer is getting playing time because we have a huge vested interest in him. Right. And then when, Donskoy... Here's a question. When does the leash know, run out on Timo Meyer? When does the leash run out on Timo Meyer? Yeah. The, the 
ball has passed for him to be sent down and stay down in the AHL. Okay. All the coaches were saying that he's learned what he needs to do in the AHL. I don't think he has anything to learn there unless he gets injured and needs to go down for a conditioning assignment or something else happens unrelated to what we know now. Okay. So I think he's up and he's getting what he needs to know and then he'll stay up from now on. Okay. Unless we have to do some weird trickery with trades or something like that. So I'm just yeah, I guess I'm just a bit yeah. concerned about his decision making and not that he's I think having so great errors, but that he's just not being very productive. Can we just praise the fact that his decision making is not in the back end that we're complaining about? <laughs> yes. You know, it's not on defense, and that's great. I think that's huge. Yeah. His decision making is his shot selection. Yes. Could be he could wait more. But you know, sometimes he has great great ideas. I think the trend is not as good as he wants. And hopefully that will come a time with him figuring yeah. out playing smarter, making wiser decisions, maybe not acting so rashly with his with his decision making. So Yep. Okay. Well That was way longer than we wanted yes, it to be. We need we're to sorry. learn to control ourselves. Anyway. Guys, we're new at this. <laughs> we are. Guys and gals listening, we're sorry. It's easy um, to go off on rants when we're talking about the sharks, yeah. that's for sure. We would we would especially now more than ever um, love to hear your uh, ideas for what the third and fourth lines should be. Maybe whole whole forward projection. That would be really interesting to hear from everyone. Please tweet us what you think. Uh, email us if you ever have anything you want us to talk about on the show. And We are now on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, please give us a rating and put us a review. We'd love to uh, get our names out there and that would really help, so we appreciate that. And Google Play and TuneIn Radio will be coming in the, the next few days. Um, we'll post on Twitter when that happens. But with that, we'll see you soon. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. Or you can listen online at www.backtothepointpodcast.com. Do you have any questions for us? Want to suggest a topic for us to discuss in the air? Tweet us at underscore back to the point or email us at back to the point at yahoo.com. The views and content included in this podcast are our own and it is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League in any capacity.